Tenakoto Tefano, O Auckland Unitarians, Tenakoto na Manuhuri, No mai harimai kitene fare karakia o te atua. Ko Monte di Pruno toku mama, ko Sele toku awa, ko Provincia di Salerno toku rohe, ko Italia toku waha, ko Francesco rawa ko Concetta oku matua tukuna, ko Joseph rawa ko Jun oku matua, ko Jandaleo toku inwa. No te unaititi teiti aho, no tamaki makoro aho e nohoana, ko tes toku hoawahine, Tokorua aku tamariki. Norera, tenakoto, tenakoto, tenatato katoa. Welcome all, church family and visitors, to this place of worship and fellowship made sacred by Auckland Unitarians for 120 years. Welcome also to those joining us remotely or watching the recording at a later time. My name is John DeLeo, and I'll be leading our service today. I'm from the United States and now live in Auckland with my partner and two children. As I stated in my Papa, I actually associate most closely with my ancestry in the Salerno province in Italy, where my grandparents grew up in a small town between the Sele River and Monte di Bruno. Great to have all of you here. We've got, I see we've got seven, eight plus me in the room and quite a few folks who've joined us online. So we'll go ahead and get started. For my opening words, I chose a piece by Melanie Morel Ensminger. Come, come, whoever you are, you are welcome here. No matter your age, your size, the color of your eyes, your hair, your skin, you are welcome here. No matter how you came here, if you came alone or with others, you are welcome here. No matter whom you love or how you speak or whatever your abilities, you are welcome here. Whether you come with laughter in your heart or tears in your eyes, you are welcome here. If you come here with an open mind, a loving heart, and willing hands, you are indeed welcome here. In a world filled with the darkness of ignorance, let us bring the light of reason. In a world filled with the darkness of despair, may we share the light of hope. In a world filled with the darkness of hate, let us shine the light of love. If you wish, you're welcome to recite with me the covenant of our congregation. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is the sacrament and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve humankind in fellowship, to the end that all souls shall grow in harmony Thus do we covenant with each other and with our God. Now, it's actually been a few months since I've led a service. 
I have I have them in a, a set of date stamp folders. And I was like, whoa, it was January. But one of the things you might have noticed as I've I've led services over the last few years is I tend to decide to talk about something that I'm keen to learn about. And then I just figure, well, okay, I'll drag you along with me. So, um, so the thing that I've been thinking about lately is being a strong, active ally for LGBTQ persons. So this morning, I'll once again be sharing a couple of items instead of one single longer piece. And as is my way, I was working on this in the early hours of this morning, so I'm not quite sure about the timing, but we'll give it a go. Our first piece is an opinion piece that was written by Carlos Maza of Media Matters, published in the Washington Post in 2016. Call yourself an LGBT ally? Here's how to actually be one. In my experience as a gay man surrounded by generally decent human beings, I've encountered a lot of straight and cisgender people who identify themselves as allies to the LGBT community. This is never a bad thing. I spend most of my life in situations where I'm outnumbered by straight people. So I generally prefer they call themselves my ally than my worst nightmare come to life. But it's not always a great thing. A lot of people who think of themselves as allies engage in behavior that can make queer people feel deeply uncomfortable, unwelcome, or unseen. It's almost never intentional. Straight and cisgender people don't know what it's like to be queer and vice versa. And that can produce blind spots that make even well-meaning allies act like jerks. So if you're someone who identifies as an ally to the LGBT community, thank you. And here are four ways you can be an ally and really mean it. First, be aware of how much space you take up. It's awesome when straight and cisgender people want to visit queer spaces, bars, clubs, and nearly every coffee shop. A lot of us feel, a lot of us grew up feeling like outcasts. Seeing that you want to visit our world is a powerful experience. But try to imagine what it would be like if every time you went to a bar, groups of queer people were there commenting on how much they love straight people, <laughs> how cute you all are, and how straight bars are so interesting and different. After a while, you'd get really annoyed. You'd be tired of feeling novel, of feeling different, when you're just trying to relax or flirt or get laid. And you'd be right. We feel that way too. Second, don't minimize a person's queerness. If I had a nickel for every time I heard a well-meaning friend say some version of, I don't even think of you as gay, I just think of you as a person, I could pay so many parking tickets. <laughs> every queer person relates to their queerness differently. For some, it's background noise. For me, it's a full orchestra doing a Celine Dion medley at max volume in my head at all times. Either way, Telling someone that you don't acknowledge or think about their queerness is not kind or enlightened. At best, it makes a significant part of our identity feel like a footnote. At worst, it can make us feel like you think of our queerness as something that's better left unsaid. Third, 
let LGBT people disappoint you. Despite what my brain tells me after exactly one light beer, I cannot and will not ever be Neil Patrick Harris. Media representations of LGBT people tend to be highly polished and unrealistic. LGBT characters are well-dressed, witty, successful, ambitious, funny, and likable. Sometimes they are noble victims fighting righteously against clear-cut examples of discrimination. Other times they're lovable sidekicks existing mainly to support the straight main character or offer comedic relief. On one hand, it's cool to see positive depictions of LGBT people on TV. On the other hand, I ate hummus with a plastic fork all this weekend because I didn't want to deal with the anxiety of going to Trader Joe's. Most LGBT people will never be as impressive, interesting, or likable as the ones you see on TV. LGBT people are fully formed humans who struggle with work, our families, our romantic lives, and our own personal baggage. We are flawed, wounded, mean, thoughtless, inadequate, afraid of dying, confused, cranky for no reason, insecure, and lonely, just like every other human. The LGBT characters we see on TV can sometimes feel as foreign to us as the straight characters. If you find yourself frustrated that LGBT people in your life aren't living up to the expectation you had for them in your mind, ask yourself where that expectation came from. Then let it go. Finally, being an ally is about more than policy. It goes without saying that there's a tremendous kind of overwhelming amount of work to do until LGBTQ, especially transgender, people are treated equally under the law. That is incredibly important. And being an ally obviously means contributing to that fight whenever and however possible. But I can't tell you how many times I needed an ally before I ever thought about laws or court cases. So much of the difficult parts of being LGBT exist outside of the legal system. Family rejection, street harassment, internalized shame, demeaning media representations, and countless other social stressors. And the frustrating truth is, even huge victories like legalizing same-sex marriage don't magically make things better. Queer people's feelings of rejection or shame, especially around a core part of their identities, can do a lot of long-term damage before and after they make it to the wedding chapel. And the experiences that do the most harm to queer people, such as being pushed away from their families or told they're abnormal by their classmates, usually look way less sensational than county clerks refusing to issue marriage certificates. As an ally, it's not your job to be a therapist or counselor, but it is your job to listen to the LGBT people in your life, to ask them how they're doing, to be aware that they may have gone gone through and might still be going through some things you don't understand and offer support when you can. Keeping your heart open and an eye out for your LGBT brothers and sisters after the pride parties have ended and court cameras have turned off will go a lot further than votes or parade posters will ever do. My second item is an excerpt from the publication, Being an LGBTQ Ally, published by the Human Rights Campaign Foundation in 2020. 
while the full document is a treasure trove of concise informative explanations on a broad range of topics relevant to the LGBTQ community, I'm going to read just the parts that discuss coming out and how one striving to be an ally to an LGBTQ person should respond. What is coming out? Coming out is understood by many to mean the act of disclosing one's non-straight sexuality or non-cisgender gender identity to others. It is a term that has only come to be commonly used in the past 100 years, originally referring to gay men coming out into gay society in the 1930s. Now the tradition has evolved and coming out refers to the process by which an individual tells people in their life about their gender and or sexual orientation. Coming out is often framed in media and culture as a necessary step to acceptance and well-being. But for some, coming out may be worse than holding that information in. It is important not to pressure anyone to come out, as the timing of that decision rests solely with the person coming out and what feels right to them. Likewise, who a person comes out to is a decision to be made only by the person coming out. There are countless factors considered when deciding who to come out to, so it is important to not take it personally if someone does not come out to you. Remember that it's not about you, it's about them. So respect their decision and know that they will share that information with you if and when the time is right. You may be able to indicate that it is safe to come out to you by publicly showing your support for, L for LGBTQ people and issues. Coming out has been the common term for someone who acknowledges being LGBTQ. However, it is important to note that this language centers those that someone is coming out to rather than the person coming out. It can give the impression that people who don't identify as cisgender or heterosexual are hiding something from society rather than acknowledging how homophobia, biphobia, and transphobia create an unwelcoming environment. When publicly identifying as LGBTQ, someone is inviting people in to a part of their life, which should be protected and celebrated. We ask you to think about the perspective of inviting in and consider also using language about being invited in to learn about someone's identity. Most LGBTQ people prefer to come out in their own ways and in their own time. Unfortunately, an LGBTQ person's sexual orientation or gender identity may be exposed without their knowledge or consent. Outing takes the decision-making out of the individual's hands, which can be painful, awkward, and even harmful for everyone involved. If someone has not come out to you, do not assume they do not trust or care for you. The person may not be ready, may not feel safe, or may still be coming to terms with their own sexual orientation or gender identity. Showing your support, acceptance, and respect for an LGBTQ person who has been outed can help the healing process and may help both of you build a stronger, more general, genuine relationship. Straight and or cisgender people who have just had someone come out to them have reported feelings of honored that someone has chosen to entrust them with this revelation, accepting and dedicated, curious about what life is like for LGBTQ people, apprehensive or uncomfortable, disapproving of the perceived lifestyle, 
or anxious for the well-being of the LGBTQ person. When a friend or loved one comes out to you, you may feel many of these seemingly contradictory emotions at once, leaving you feeling uncertain. Feeling confused or uncomfortable doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you are homophobic, biphobic, or transphobic. It does mean, however, that you should take the time to work through your feelings fully and honestly so that you can reach a place of support for your friend, loved one, or acquaintance without reservation. While you don't need to hide your emotions, it is important to remember that this individual who came out to you is searching for support and acceptance. Before you begin to ask questions to settle your own uncertainty about the situation, it is key that you make the other person feel that they made the right decision in coming out to you. You might respond by saying, thank you for being honest, or I appreciate your trust. I titled my random musings, am I doing this right? I grew up in a rural part of Connecticut in the Northeastern United States. My hometown, Plainfield, was small. The population was almost entirely white Europeans. And as far as those in authority in my life were concerned, everybody was cisgendered and straight. As was the social norm of the time, when someone we knew was gender non-conforming, we were all expected to act as though that fact didn't exist. Our parents referred to their gay and lesbian relatives and acquaintances as eccentric and to their life partners as roommates. <laughs> we were indoctrinated to the fact that being cisgendered and straight was the one true lifestyle choice. In much the same way as we were indoctrinated to believe our mainstream Christian sect was the one true religion. When I finally escaped my hometown and moved to Baltimore to attend university, my beliefs about what constitutes normal were challenged and began to shift gradually. Looking back now, I'd say I've considered myself to be a progressive liberal on social issues for at least the last 30 years. I do my best to speak openly and directly against what I perceive as narrow-minded views. When I became a parent, I knew it was important to teach and show my children that they should be respectful of everyone and make it clear to them that there is no such thing as a right or wrong gender or sexuality. We have always addressed their questions openly and honestly, been intentional about not shielding them from non-conforming identities, and made it clear we would love and support them no matter what. But as I quickly discovered, all of that was kind of just words. I wasn't really expecting either of our children would take us up on that. And when they both did in their own unique ways, I quickly realized I hadn't ever prepared myself to follow through on those words. Which brings me to today, sharing with you some of the things I've learned as I'm working through the transition from saying I'm an ally to being an ally. I'm not done by any means, and I still have a lot to learn. A key thing I have learned so far is that there's no one size fits all way to be an ally to an LGBTQIA 
that is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and or asexual person. Nonetheless, there are lots of resources out there to help us say and do the right things. One such resource produced by the LGBTQIA Resource Center at University of California, Davis, lists over 50 basic tips for expanding your allyship. Another from University College London boils things down to seven ways you can be an, a better LGBTQ plus ally. And I'm going to summarize those seven. One, be open to learn, listen, and educate yourself. Listen to your friends' personal stories and ask questions respectfully. Take it upon yourself to learn about LGBTQ history, terminology, and the struggles that the community faces today. Two, check your privilege. Understanding your own privileges can help you empathize with marginalized or oppressed groups. Three, don't assume. Someone close to you could be looking for support. Not making assumptions will give them the space they need to be their authentic self and open up to you in their own time. Four, think of ally as an action rather than a label. To be an effective ally, you need to be willing to be consistent in your support of LGBTQ rights and defend LGBTQ people against discrimination. It takes all members of society to make true acceptance and respect happen, and your open and consistent support will hopefully lead as an example to others. Five, confront your own prejudices and unconscious bias. Being a better ally means being open to the idea of being wrong sometimes and being willing to work on it. Six, know that language matters. When meeting new people, try integrating inclusive language into your regular conversations by using gender neutral terms such as partner and keep an eye on any unintentionally offensive language you may use every day. And perhaps most importantly, Seven, know that you will mess up sometimes. Breathe, apologize, and ask for guidance. Likely, the person you are talking to will know that this process of unlearning is new to you and will appreciate your honesty and effort. I'd, la I'd like to ask each of you to ponder what I've said today, reflect on how you're doing as an ally and strive to improve daily. I also encourage you to think about what we can be doing individually and collectively to help this congregation live up to our claim that all are welcome. Are we considerate and respectful to our LGBTQ members? Are we careful not to make assumptions about a visitor's gender or sexuality and to avoid non-inclusive language in our conversations with them? Are we engaging with the local LGBTQ community organizations to learn the best ways we can be vocal, visible, active allies? In the words of Helen Keller, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Let's do much. Please join me as we say the words for extinguishing the chalice. 
We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. For my closing words today, I've chosen Be About the Work by Andrea Hawkins Camper. May we see all as it is, and may it all be as we see it. May we be the ones to make it as it should be, for if not us, who? If not now, when? This is answering the cry of justice with the work of peace. This is redeeming the pain of history with the grace of wisdom. This is the work we are called to do, and this is the call we answer now. To be the barrier and the bridge, to be the living embodiment of our principles, to be about the work of building the beloved community, to be a people of intention and a people of conscience. Here are a couple of questions to get our discussion started. In what ways do you feel you've been a good ally to members of the LGBTQIA community? In what ways do you feel you've fallen short? What can we do individually as, or as a congregation to be better allies? Ready, go. <laughs>